Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I didn't really envision Stacy wearing that for a Connecticut wedding or a beach wedding or whatever kind of wedding she was thinking of having. It's just over the top and very poofy and... With us being really well endowed and short and a little stumpy. Did you go away, Miss Piggy? Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Before I get into the 90 Day Happily Ever After recap, I'm going to talk just a little bit about Dorothy and Stacy. But before I do that, let's get into some news. Apparently, Jess of Jess and Colty is married. She's married to a guy named Brian, who is significantly more on her level in terms of attractiveness. Um... They allegedly got married six weeks after she broke up with Colty, and apparently this love match happened at the hands of none other than Larissa. She in, uh, introduced the couple to, the guy's name is Brian Hanvey. They met when she was on Las Vegas, and that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. It Brian's a musician and Larissa was actually in one of his music videos. You can see it. It's called If I Scream in My Sleep. (laughs) So I think you can just imagine the quality of a musician that this man is. So congratulations to you, Jess. You escaped. Thank God. Also, Colty has an OnlyFans, y'all. And I hate to have to even admit that. It's a Mm. Mm. But you know what? I'm an investigative journalist and sometimes I have to report the ugly truth and it's not good. It's, it's very ugly. Third 
the family Chantel is back. It will be airing in mid-October, and from the looks of it, it will be providing a fair amount of drama. Uh, you know, obviously more drama at the hands of Karen, Chantel's mom. She's got rhymes. Um, we are introduced to another one of Chantel's brothers who is engaged to a woman from the Philippines. They do not seem to care for her, and they all go to the Philippines to go to the wedding. Karen threatens that if Homegirl doesn't keep herself in check, it's going to be a thriller in Manila, which feels like a problematic thing to say. Hmm. I wonder if Karen has upped her cowboy hat budget, where we're landing on that. Um, there's going to be Chantel trying to, you know, get her mojo back in her marriage. All sorts of just fun treats fun treats. Did I love season one? No, it was definitely like a watch in the background. Eh, I'll get to it when I, you know, am all out of other shows on, you know, like a Saturday afternoon kind of show, but we have to be grateful for things. And I'm just so grateful that it's not the family Andre. Not that I would be watching it, but you know, just count our blessings. All right, let's get into Darcy and Stacey. So they're really, you know, again, not too much to talk about. We start off the episode. Darcy's posted up at the Dream Hotel with Georgie, her Bulgarian lover. She's taken a peek under the sheets to look at his Bulgarian bulge and is like just so digmatized and happy that he probably gave her about six and a half minutes. And she claims that this is better than Jesse and Tom, which I believe, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> I fully believe that. Um, do you think Darcy's ever come in contact with a circumcised penis? Because you know they don't really do that in Europe, unless you're, like, Jewish, right? It's, like, a lot more common over here, and she doesn't seem to like American men. I wonder if she's just truly ever seen a circumcised dick in the wild. Why would I think that? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> um, Georgie, you know, says that a Bulgarian men have a lot of testosterone, and that's why they're really good at powerlifting, and they're excessively horny. He says he's ready to go all day long. <sighs> jeez, jeez, jeez. Um, is anybody attracted to Georgie? He's kind of like a Monet. You know, like the closer you get, a little bit of a butterface, if you will. Um, Darcy, you know, claims to be falling in love and feels like the second meeting is a time to talk big plans, whether it be, do you see yourself potentially moving to LA because we want to relaunch House of Eleven? Could you do that? Georgie's like... Sure. Like, I don't have a real job. I can move anywhere. She's talking. This is like the beginning of their love story. And Georgie says, okay, well, we only have a few minutes left in this hotel room, but I'll find the time to meet you again. Is that the talk of somebody who has fallen in love with you? I'll see if I can make time at some point in the future. Don't think so. Don't think so. Oh, Lord. We go back to Stacy and Florian. They're at the gym. Stacy tells Florian that 
she and Darcy want to go over to LA to figure things out, to try and relaunch the brand. And Florian, ugh, he's weird. He's got a lot of like chaotic, dark, demon-like energy. And he just flies off the handle. He's very, ugh, I could not do it. These women, both of them, need therapy. And they touch on later in the episode about how like, their father wasn't really around consistently and you know they lost their brother and it just seems like they have a lot of issues with <laughs> newsflash they have a lot of issues with men but it, it seems like their dad is pretty cool when we see him on tv so I just really wonder what happened with him I really really do because our family seems like they really like each other and like they have like a healthy relationship and I don't think that especially Darcy would be able to fake that if it weren't the case. So I just really wonder, like, what happened to both of them? Um, so back to the gym, Stacey tells Florian that they want to move to L.A. And he's like, starts off getting a little bit overwhelmed because he's like, I just got here. And when are we planning on leaving? And Stacey's like, well, Darcy wants to go, like, pretty soon. And she kind of, like... He really, more Florian, kind of like blames Darcy for the whole situation. He's like, don't let Darcy run your life. Don't let her, you know, it seems like anything that she wants to do, it's like, it has to be done immediately. And that's just not how you run your life. But then he kind of changes his tune, probably because he realizes like, you know, like, what do I need to stay in Connecticut for if you're trying to be a model? I mean, yeah, you could go to New York, but really, who cares? You're... Who, who cares? <laughs> Do what you want. He says that he's going to, you know, I'm supporting Stacey. We've been in this relationship for five years. I'm going to do whatever I can to support her. And then we see them in a talking head. And, you know, obviously they ask, you know, they're trying to create a narrative, right? In between the scenes. And producers keep asking, like, how do you feel about the situation? How do you feel about moving to L.A.? And he just snaps about how he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to answer any more questions. And, you know, it's all Darcy's fault for wanting to go to LA. I don't know why it's such a big deal to him. But he walks off and has to cool down. Like, this is not a situation in which you need to be getting hype, Florian. I don't get it. But anyway, he, to prepare for LA... <laughs> Darcy and Stacy decide to take out what looks like a 20-foot tarp, like, good enough for you to have, like, a good slip and slide in the middle of a hot summer's day to, you know, they're in matching black bikinis and caftans, and they're doing, you know, butt lifts side by side because they have to do every single thing together down to exercise moves, and... Their friends come over, Deb and Raina, to go get them a spray tan. Stacy, Deb and Raina don't know, they're not like estheticians, they don't know how to spray tan. They're just helping them. Stacy got the buy one, get one free bottles, like from Dwayne Reed or something. I don't know anything about spray tans, but it seemed very obvious that it was a very windy day. And they don't know what they're doing. Stacey's and Darcy are going into downward dog and jazz hands and doing all these like contortion movements. It just doesn't seem like it would lend itself for like a, you know, nice even tan, but I guess they'll see in 24 hours. 
Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. They also later reveal that they were Hooters girls in New York, in Manhattan, to be specific, which is a very big deal. And I guess they made it on, on some sort of calendar at some point. And the producer is like, can you name anything at all that you guys have done separately? <laughs> Stacey reveals that her first job was at the grocery store. Darcy worked next door at McDonald's. And she gave us a whole spiel about how you should, she would tell people the extra value meals and how she would get lots of tips in the drive through at the McDonald's. Are we supposed to be tipping those people? Because I have a lot of payback that I need to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that was basically it. They're trying to pack for LA. I, these are my favorite moments is when Darcy just like cannot handle her rage and jealousy towards Stacy. They're trying to pack and Stacy reveals that she had gotten a wedding dress over in Albania the last time she went to visit Florian and that Florian brought it over when he came to America. So Darcy is pissed, livid. Stacy pulls out the dress and it's literally every, I mean, it's anything that you could imagine from them. It's sparkles on top you know, illusion mesh or whatever you call it, um, ball gown, puffy, puffy, puffy. It's, it's Darcy and Stacy in a dress for sure. Darcy decides that she is above this as she's packing sequin dress after sequin top after sequin pant for their trip to LA. She's like, Oh, I really don't like it. And like given our body type of how we have, um, you know, we're large chested and we're short. I just feel like she's going to look like Miss Piggy in this dress. <laughs> okay, damn. Sorry. Uh, she's just so mad. And she tells Stacy that there's no time to look at this dress because they have to pack for LA. They have to pack their boho looks. They have to pass, pack their, you know, businesswoman special looks. They really have to focus on their week of outfits together. Their dad comes upstairs and says, hey, I really want to talk to you guys. And says, hey, I really think that you guys need to cancel your trip to L.A. COVID is no joke. And it's really not in a You guys are not in a position to be traveling right now, especially when you guys have kids. Darcy, in an interview, says that she didn't really know how serious COVID was because she... Hadn't been watching the news in a while because she's really been um, focusing on a new chapter in life. Is that chapter Georgie? <laughs> she's been busy, you know, writing her name over and over in cursive to whatever Georgie's last name is. Looking in the mirror, taking selfies. Like, her dad lived in China for decades. He came here back to America because of COVID. How is it possible that she really has no perspective on it? And living so close to New York. <laughs> Darcy truly lives in another world. And is that a world I want to live in? Sometimes. If hers is a world that, in which COVID doesn't exist, then yeah. 
It really seems like the rest of the season is going to be actually pretty interesting. They're going to be talking about, you know, the shutdown, the quarantine, the pandemic, and they are going to be uh, moving into apartments. Stacey and Florian and Darcy and Georgie, respectively. We're going to see some drama with Florian, some more admissions about a woman who claims that Florian wanted to taste her honey. And that he gave her the sugar. And I can't wait to see it. Alright, so moving on, the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of Happily Ever After that I did with Mandy Slusker of the Is This Real Life podcast. Very fun. Enjoy. Yeah, don't give it to me. Come on. Think about my microphone. Alright. I just say, um... You need to stop paying for your bull Get your together. Enough. Don't come to America and try to um, uh, live up my dad. Don't ask my dad for Okay? Okay. Just give it to the next one. No. Come to America and think about, uh, think about microphone. Earn your Okay. Hey guys, join with me to talk about the latest episode of 90 Day Happily Ever After is host of the Is This Real Life podcast, Mandy Slutsker. Hi. Hey, Kara. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining me. What? So I feel like I kind of was one of the people who talked you into watching 90 Days. So how are you feeling? So I am very grateful to you because <laughs> Like other people had told me to watch it, but it wasn't until you were like, no, Mandy, seriously, do it. And you said that there was a guy from Cape Town. Um, So that's what got me into this season. And I have never spoken about it on a podcast. And I have not really listened to a lot of podcasts about 90 Day. I don't know a lot about the background. um, So I don't know how much producer manipulation there is. So I'm only going off what I see on the show, which make fun too. (laughs) We'll see. But I am very grateful because it has brought me a lot of laughs. It is really nice to dive into a show and not really know all the secrets because I think as like we're both reality and pod like pop culture kind of aficionados. So we know where the game is going. So it's nice and refreshing to know like to be new to something. Very, very new. I got I have to be honest. I went like about halfway through the season. I stopped watching for like six or seven episodes. I was very triggered <laughs> by something and I have caught myself back up. But it was um, Michael and Angela talking about fertility was just oh, like, they- I'm on a fertility journey right now. And like her being like, I have one egg. I'm like, please, like I'm just, <laughs> this is like so overwhelming and you're 54 and like I'm dealing with some of these same problems. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. 20 years younger than you so yeah yeah but well made it through put a baby at some point (laughs) 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 um so let's start with I like to you know start with the boring people and then go get a little bit you know let the heat the heat rise a little bit so I would like to start with really like mm, 
the people who had really the least amount to talk about were just Paul and Karini. Totally. It was really just heading to Brazil. Karini was able to talk him into a visit. And that's really just it. There really wasn't much going on there. I had a question for you. I've written them down. So why was she like, why did she lock herself in the bathroom last episode? It never seemed to get fully resolved and everyone acted like they didn't know why she was doing it. But a person doesn't do that unless something's very wrong. Exactly. I think it's a combination of one. I think that Karini might have the baby blues Mm -hmm. Two, Paul is just a monster and it's just easier to lock herself in the bathroom attempt to have a conversation with him through the translator app. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Everything about them is so sad. I'm so sad for her that Mm -hmm. she is tied to him for life through this baby, even Mm -hmm. though I know that in real life she has left him. But, you know... Also pregnant. Still. Like, you're tied to him. His DNA is in your child. Like, ugh. What a mess. So that's a real, a real nightmare. Um, So, yeah, that was it. I mean, Paul's mom showed up to the airport to see them off. And she seems very concerned about Paul and whether or not he's going to be okay. And I just feel like, yeah, I mean, this is what you get when you don't set up your child for success and independence. This is what, this is what we, what happens. I mean, uh, I I don't really know a lot about his background other than he set his family's house on fire (laughs) or something like that. So I'm just a little confused as to why he can't like he didn't come with an idea of a kind of job he would want to do or what kind of job or reach out to people before getting to the U.S. back from Brazil to talk about potential job prospects. Like none of it makes sense to me. Well, shout out to Jody of the Real TV podcast. Apparently, Paul has reached out to her several times in order to like be a guest on her show. And I think he thinks that people pay guests to be on their podcast which is not a thing that happens <laughs> um, so he talks about like like oh i'm working on jobs and her theory was that like he just spends his days trying to find podcasts to go on to okay yeah <laughs> wouldn't you have at this point figured out that podcasts don't pay yeah, you would think. And then gone somewhere for, do they get paid to be on this show? Yeah, but they, they're not getting Bravo money, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I figured. Yeah, TLC's really lock and key about what their, any people of the cast get paid for. I think the only time we've really heard was when, like, John and Kate had their big divorce, and, like, the financial records came out about that, but not since then. Okay. I mean, the kids from Counting On, like, granted, there are, like, 75 of them, but, like, some of them still have to live in trailers. So I don't think there's a whole lot of money happening. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. So moving on to Colt, how did you feel oh. about Colt's whole um, workout scene of him attempting <laughs> to do, like, dips? Um, I was a little bit alarmed that he vomited. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. It has happened to me before when I've worked out in the heat. 
And now I pretty much don't ever work out when it's super, super hot. <laughs> I never want that to happen again. Um, he he was so funny. It was really interesting that his friend was like, yeah, Colt has a lot of self-destructing behaviors. <laughs> like, you're, you feel like your friend is saying that? Yeah, it's it's got to be a real, real dark situation. Yeah, the only ab workout that he got was from, like, violently puking into that can, the trash can. <laughs> Which is an ab workout. Like, if you ever get the stomach flu, you're sore for days. <laughs> it's, like, uh, horrible. Oh, my God. I am very um, interested in the dynamic between him and his mom. I know everyone's been watching this show forever and has seen it forever, but as someone who has gone through the death of a parent and formed another very close relationship with my surviving parent, mm-hmm. it's interesting the level to which Debbie um, relies on Colt for socialization. Right. Yeah. You know, and I did some of that stuff like for my dad when my mom died. My mom kind of had all the friends and all the connections. And everyone still wanted to hang out and see my dad, but he just like in his mind was like, no, that was all mom. They're not interested in me. So I kind of helped, you know, when I was at home, I would, people, we would get together with me, my dad and my dad's friends kind of in the beginning. And luckily my dad decided to start searching for another partner because he's like, Hey, it's not your job to take care of me. I can take care of myself. I'll be fine the rest of my life, but it would be nice to have someone to share this with. So, um, and he recently got married. So, and so now she handles all the social situations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that seems like a very healthy transition and evolution, but what we're seeing out of Debbie is like, Oh, well, to backtrack, like what you're seeing now is actually worse than what we were introduced to. <laughs> okay. And it seems like Colt's friends are Debbie's friends. Like all her friends seem to be his age or like the girls that he brings in to have sex with. And she involves herself a lot in his life and seems there seems to be an entitlement to like everything yes. he does. Yeah, it's so odd. And she even said, like, when they were in Brazil, but then, but what about me? Yeah. And it's like, well, what about you, Debbie? What about you, Debbie? <laughs> what about you? You know, I don't know what I would do if my dad was like, no, Mandy, now we have to do everything together. <laughs> you know, like, it would be so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And I honestly think, like, the first season, People were obviously talking about how weird and close they were because it was like, you know, it was a little Bates Motel e. But mm-hmm. it's, I think they thought that people thought it was like, like we were laughing with them and not at them. And yeah, it seems like Debbie has really ratcheted this behavior up because she thinks that people find it entertaining and it's actually creepy and weird. Yeah, and it's almost like she thinks the audience is on her side. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is what's so bizarre. And it's interesting, like, with Housewives, too, when they do something and they, like, later think when it's airing that the audience is going to be with them and mm-hmm. it backfires. Yeah. I feel like Debbie thinks, like, ooh, this is such a bad idea. Look at what Colt is doing. He's too stupid to make decisions for himself. He's ooh. dating another Brazilian woman. You know, I'm going to look at me. haha. I'm going to make sure that that ends poorly. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Cena mom be the villain is not great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Because she loves, but I think she's taking it too far. But back to the show. Yeah, Steve tries to help Colty with breathing techniques. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, thank you so much. He always sounds so earnest when he speaks. And he's not. So it's really scary. It's very off-putting. It's really weird. It's, yeah. I mean, I think he thinks that he's tricking people. But now, like, the first season, we met him with his wife, Larissa. And Larissa really flies off the handle. And I think they got a lot of credit, Colt and Debbie, for, like, having to deal, like, quote-unquote, deal with Larissa. But now I think we're seeing that, like, Larissa's weird, for sure. But, like, he is, Eric, or Colt is, like, diabolical. And, like, he tries yes. to play the, like, good boy. Like, I'm just a good little boy. And he's not. He's really not. The he, the self-destructive behavior that his friend was mentioning, I uh-huh. mean, I, I, it could be, I don't know. It seems like there's so many things. But for him to sabotage his relationship by messaging girls and sharing pictures of his dick is, yeah. like, there's some sort of, it's, like, online... What do you call it? Like voyeurism? Well, that's okay. Thank you. I was going to say, like, it seems almost like he has a fetish for being humiliated. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That, yeah. I didn't know the words for it, but it is, it's very interesting that he keeps doing this. And yeah. then he's like, I know I shouldn't have done it, but like, he can't help himself. And he doesn't seem that upset, you know? Right. So, because here's ooh. another. Like, I've seen a picture of his penis, and this is not a Chris Evans situation. Okay, okay. That's... <laughs> it is, um, I mean, it's not even like, okay. Like, you would think that if you're going to send a dick pic, like, maybe it would be erect, so you could see the full picture. But, like, this was just, like, it was, I hope it was soft, <laughs> because it, if it wasn't, <laughs> I, ugh, Oh, cold. It looks like a half-eaten piece of beef jerky. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. And, like, those poor women that had to receive that. Exactly. Oh, God. I, it's, yeah. And that's where I'm thinking, that's what really tipped me off of, like, oh, he must like to be embarrassed. Because yeah, why you would send a picture like that far and wide is beyond me. It's also interesting that he's, whenever he's, like, in between women, he wants to work on his body. But right. um, I think, you know, it's great to try and be healthy and exercise. It makes you feel better. But I think having that separate from also working on your mental health mm-hmm. and going to therapy, it like, it doesn't work. Like, you can't just, like, fix your physical body and not fix your emotional and mental health. And that seems to be what the bigger problem is with him. Yeah. Like, so. you you can't go on Revenge Body with Khloe Kardashian unless you also do the therapy aspect of it. Like, Exactly. Two-pronged system here. <laughs> oh, cult. Also, who wants to work out outside in Las Vegas? Isn't it 100 degrees every day? Right. Even with the dry heat, it seems very not fun. No, it sounds horrible. <laughs> Like a This speaks to a humiliation. Like the poor thing, the poor, like he can't do any of those, those activities that were on that, like 
workout gym. Like, couldn't pull himself up. Couldn't yeah. give himself. And we didn't even really get to see him work out. We saw him run to vomit and then talk to his friend and then breathe deeply. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't actually see any of the exercise. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was working out like me when I really don't want to. And I'm just like, I just can't do it. Like, I'm going to pretend that I'm going to do a quarter of a pull up and then just call it a day. Just go yeah. for a walk. Like, why do all that intensive stuff? A walk is fine. It's good exercise. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> a walk, you can half-ass and no one's going to judge. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. Oh, my goodness. Um, so let's expand the culty universe and talk about Larissa and Eric. Her storyline was just like her going to get her boobies done and her nose done so i don't know why but i had like i could not stop laughing at <laughs> eric's reaction to her having surgery and it's, yeah. it was not what i expected myself to how i expected myself to react like i like was like violently laughing um this poor guy like has no idea what it means to undergo general anesthesia <laughs> Right. It is no fucking joke. Oh my god! You think you just like walk out of there with a brand new nose and new boobs, and you just like <laughs> it's no big deal. Like you're gonna have to wipe her shit from her asshole. She's not gonna be able to go to the bathroom by herself for a little while. Like that is what happens when you're done with general anesthesia after a serious surgery. Yeah. Eric is a really interesting guy to me in that, like, it's very obvious to me that he doesn't really seem, there doesn't seem to be a passion between them. There doesn't seem to be any sort of attraction. I, I just have questions <laughs> about why they're in a relationship with one another. But he also doesn't really seem to give a shit about her, even on, like, a platonic level. And so, like, watching him pace around with his venti Starbucks and being like, I, I don't know, I just, I care about her so much. And, like, sit out on the curb and, like, put his head in his hands and, like, try and force out a tear was really interesting to me. Um, Eric, I think, is a wannabe actor, like, in the in real world. Oh, Okay. I'm like, why is this guy with her? Yeah. And why? I don't know. The whole thing is just very bizarre. I mean, he did seem to want to take care of her. He just seemed completely useless and unable to understand like what it means. I'm like, yeah. oh, like <laughs> it's just like, I just couldn't stop laughing. I felt bad. <laughs> also, what? Like, okay. I'm not a surgeon. Full disclosure. Mm -hmm. But... I know sometimes, especially with plastic surgery, they like to do two things at once. Like you're out, let's get it done. But right. a nose surgery is really intense. They mm -hmm. like reconstruct how you breathe. So yeah. you can't breathe out your nose for a while. So it's, it's pretty serious. And you get these like huge black eyes. And I mean, it takes a really, really long time to recover from that. To do that and get breast implants at the same time. Yeah. And go home the same day? I can't imagine. I literally can't imagine. That was what I wondered. Like, I don't, I'm, you know, also, I don't have 
a license, but I just felt like they were like, oh, are you awake now? Okay, bye. Like, they, she didn't even, like, sit up. In a, they didn't put her back in the, on a bed. And this isn't like a hospital that is overwhelmed with patients. This is, like, specifically for plastic surgery. I just thought, like, maybe she would be there for, like, a couple hours. I think she was. There's no way you can send someone home immediately. I think I think she was in the recovery for a little bit. But That's even cool. then, and like it wasn't a hospital, it was a surgery center. So if something yeah. were to have gone wrong, they would have had to transport her elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would never want to go under the knife somewhere that does not also attach to like a emergency OR, you know? I agree. Just me. I agree. <laughs> I decided to elect to have surgery, which I can't even imagine wanting to do, um, no. you know, so, but she seems very determined and she, I mean, good for her for doing what she wants, but yeah. my God, I could not go through that level of pain for something like that. I fully agree. Especially like the Brazilian book gets me is like. So when you're talking about having to have people wipe for you, like, that's, like, I just can't imagine not being able to sit down comfortably, like, for weeks yeah. at a time. It, it doesn't seem worth it. She, um, she recently came out with pictures, um, of her, the results of her surgery, and proudly proclaimed that she did all of her surgeries for $72,000, and it was an attempt to look more like Kylie Jenner. <gasps> Um, I mean, not to plastic surgery shame, but I just wouldn't proclaim that I did surgeries to look like somebody if I didn't end up looking like them at all. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen the results of her surgery, but she's really pretty and her ass is crazy. Is it just huge? It's huge and it doesn't match. It's like the ass to hip ratio, thigh ratio doesn't match. So it really looks very like diapery almost. Okay. It, it, it's a lot. There's a lot happening there. A lot. Yeah. I live in a city where not a lot of people get like large amounts of plastic surgery. So when right. you see someone, they kind of look generally as uh, God intended. And so it's very unusual for me to see people in LA or the West Coast or the Kardashians, like I look at their bodies and I don't see them as enviable. I see them as scary. Like right. they seem scary to me to have that small of a waist and that big of a butt. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem comfortable. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people want that. Um, but apparently if you spend enough time on Instagram, that happens. <laughs> Right. And that's what I was thinking. Like, are we kind of phasing out of the Kardashian Jenner look? Like, maybe I'm evolving, but like, I thought we were going more, we were veering more towards like the natural. Her ass is very large. Like, it's alarmingly big. It's way too big for her body. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's her yeah. choice. Next. I remember being like, people being excited about the Kardashian Jenner look because it was better than the emaciated look. So that was an improvement. And so like people with natural curves could feel a little bit more positive about their body. But I hope we can kind of just 
start to embrace all different kinds of bodies, both skinny, fat, curvy, not curvy, you know, and whatever it kind of whatever shape you come in, embrace that, you know, and there's a lot of exercise and stuff you can do to make your body a little bit different shape than what you were born with without having to kind of go to extreme measures. So totally with you. Yeah. They were also touting like Marissa gives hints for like how to work out after you've had surgery to like get that body. I'm like, okay, well, step one was a lot of surgery. So <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. can't do stuff for a while. And as someone with naturally large breasts, it's really hard to do certain exercises. You have to wear like at least two sports bras. When I used to run, like in races and stuff, I had to tape my boobs. It's not yeah. fun. Like, no. <laughs> so I'm with you. I'm in the well, and it's a, a like a real hot, hot, high jump. Rather, if you're not properly tethered down, is it's a feeling, and it's, it's not a great feeling. Not pleasant. So would not recommend. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Asuelu and Kalani. Um, so because you don't know their backstory, this is really ratcheting it up, like the, in terms of drama and intensity, like we met them and they were very much like in love, like Kalani's a good bit older than him. And he was just like a guy like fresh from Samoa and they were like, it was goofy, but they really liked each other. And now they have like real issues with cultural differences familial differences and Asuelu growing up and what that looks like to grow up in a completely different culture and become a man and a father in a very different system that you grew up in. I find, I found their storyline to be actually pretty compelling this season. I'm very interested in it, particularly because her dad is Samoan. And so like, of course her family's going to embrace him because that's the man that she fell in love with, but also he's part of the same culture as her family and her dad Mm -hmm. at least. And so that is really interesting to know that they were once really in love. Cause I'm like, what is holding these two together besides those babies? Like I couldn't figure it out this whole season. He seems to detest her. It's like they have contempt for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, the dad, and I also wondered why her dad was so, accepting of him like almost too she makes it sound like her dad's this tough guy but he is not putting up a huge fight with with Asuelu or with Asuelu's family yeah he's really keeping it tight like I think in reality he would really just like to like give a one-two punch to Asuelu but I think he's just being kind for the sake of his daughters and probably the show. Like, I really think he would like to beat us way to the ass. <laughs> I know. He has so much restraint. So yeah. much restraint. Um, I- just wanted to point out that I think they live in St. George, Utah. That's what I mm-hmm. saw. And yep. St. George, Utah is where um, that crazy anti-mask rally happened that went viral in the last few days where people uh-huh. were saying, I can't breathe and comparing wearing a mask to the death of George Floyd. So just thought I would yeah. share that. That's yeah. where they happen to live. Yeah, if y'all haven't seen that clip, please check it out. They had two, like a couple wearing, like, I identify as a fresh air breather t shirts. Like, it was a true parody. This so is not. When, 
So when Aswelu asked Kalani for a Samoan therapist, and yeah. I saw that they were in St. George, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> literally was like. <laughs> like you guys town for Utah, which is saying a lot. Oh, my God. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh my God. I mean, good on them for going to therapy. And that therapist was working hard. Real hard. Real hard. hard. You know? Uh, Yeah, very much so. So, Asuelu has decided to invite his mother and sister Tammy back to Utah so they can try to repair their relationship with Kalani. (sighs) They, this is such a frustrating storyline, this situation in their life, because Asuelu's family seems to be under the impression that, like, Americans just can't wrap their minds around helping your family out. And while it's, like, not as... It's not like as a predominant of a practice. A lot of people do it. And they seem to think like if we just keep saying that you guys are American or white people or whatever and you guys don't get it that like Asuelu will pony up the money. And I feel like everybody's just screaming at them like, no, we understand what you're saying, but these people are poor. They don't have money to give you. It is so frustrating. I know a lot of families give remittances abroad, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know anyone who would say that it's more important to give a remittance than to feed their children. And that is literally what they're trying to say. I can't imagine any culture, any background, you know, and a lot of people come to this country to work so they can pay remittances abroad and so Mm -hmm. they can help their families. I get that. And I think most people understand it. But I think it was last episode where um, Asuelu's mother said, I don't care about those babies. I want my money. I was like, this can't, is this like a weird edit? Is this like, could she really have said that? Is this a like weird lost in translation thing? It was very confusing. And then 
this episode where they had this sit down lunch at the like Big Bear Cafe or whatever it was. Um, when she finally said, I don't want to lose you and I'll apologize. I was like, well, what did it come to that you finally realized you were getting in between your son and his family? Yeah. I wonder if it was the addition of Kalani's father, like having that conversation with them to be like, hey, like you guys expect us just give you money that we don't have and that's not going to happen. As much as I hate for to have it be like a man be the one to like lay down the law. I think I'm glad that in this case, somebody finally got it. Asuelu's mom seemed to not so much a sister, but somebody finally got it and we're like, okay, I'm not going to say this anymore. I'm not going to say Asuelu that you should get a divorce in order to give me more money. Oh, and Tammy, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> she is just, and she's like conniving. Like she's more angry than the mom. And it's always uh, interesting to me why that is. Cause I draw a few parallels between her and Charlie, Libby's brother. Like mm-hmm. they go beyond, they act like they're angry on behalf of their parents, but then they right. take it farther. And when their parent is like, no, 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 like it'll be all right. They can't let go of that anger. So it's much, much more than them just trying to stand up and respect their parent. And I think maybe yeah. Tammy is jealous or something. I, I can't quite figure it out. I can't either. And like I've been saying all season, like, of course, there's the added impact of like, okay, they think because they're on the show that they're making all this money and that they have money to give. But it doesn't always work like that when you're on TV. You know, television doesn't equal rich all the time. And so I think there's that aspect of it. But I also think it's like, shut the fuck up, Tammy. Like, let it go. Let it go. Like, this is not your fight to be having. This isn't, like, I I mean, the fact that, like, she thinks it's a completely reasonable request to be, like, I want my brother to divorce this woman, leave his children, go back to his home country, and work to give my mother money. Like, how does that make sense in your mind, Tammy? It's so weird to me that she doesn't seem and and the mom doesn't seem to feel any sort of sense of family to the two boys. Like those are your grandchildren. Those are your nephews. Even if you don't like Asuelu's wife, can't you love his children? Like that's what's that's what's hard to get around. That's what makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I think it's just because like. I think they just don't like white people, honestly, because as soon as like Kalani's mom, Lisa, started like very calmly and sensibly saying like they cannot give money that they don't have. Tammy was like, um, you don't need to be talking to my mom. Like we're having a conversation with Asuelu. So like if you could stay out of it, basically, there just seems to be a lot of anger towards white people. But those children are part of like they're Oswego's children they're part Samoan I don't understand like they oh it's just they're also just babies they're babies how can you not like babies (laughs) it's just like 
It's crazy. It's absolutely mind blowing. It's sick. It's really, really sick. And I feel really bad for like as much as Oswego has just been a complete dick to Kalani. Like I feel for him having to navigate keeping his family, his old family and his new family happy and being in the middle of that. And especially when he, I think he knows deep down that Kalani is completely correct. And like, he can't be bankrolling. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. He can't be bankrolling his family on, um, you know, frozen yogurt money. <laughs> like that's just not yeah. realistic. <laughs> but it's also like, is there anything he could do to try and get a better job? You know. Yeah. Like, could he? Does he have a GED? Can he? I don't know, go to, like, if he's worried about his English, which I think his English is fine, but I don't think he's competent in it, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you wanted to take a couple English as a second language classes so he feels more confident in a job search, things like that, like, why not try? Yeah, I agree. I agree. He could definitely be putting more effort into the situation. Like, hey, charge five more ducks on, duck, ugh, five, charge five more dollars on your cameo. And make that happen, you know? Sell yeah. cameos. Yeah. There's a market for that. Um, yeah, is there any final things? Like, just Tammy just thinking, like, oh, well, I still think they should get a divorce. Like, I never want to see this lady on my television again. It's just so dark. I mean, don't you want your brother to be happy? Uh, clearly, they don't care about him as an individual. They only care about him um, as far as he can get, provide for them. They don't care mm-hmm. about his individual happiness. They don't care about his wants, his needs, his own family. It's very bizarre. And there's definitely nothing, I don't think, in the Samoan culture that says ignore your own children um, yeah. to support your parents. That's not yeah. kind of how it goes. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so for them to like act as if that is the culture, that's just not true. It, it can't possibly be. I mean, I don't know any culture that was like, make sure your babies starve. And then, yeah, that's just not what it is. I don't know. I don't know. He has like several other siblings. Like, you guys can all chip in. If you need a thousand dollars that bad, like all of you guys can chip in like 150 and make it work. Yeah. Work. Um, Okay. Let's move on to Angela and Michael. Oh, man. So I knew about them even before I started watching, just from Mm -hmm. social media, everyone talking about it. I was surprised how compelling I felt their love story was. Um, But and this is me not really reading a whole lot up on their background. But like, is Angela abusive? Oh, for sure. Okay. (laughs) I was like, like everyone's calling her bossy. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's not bossy. She is like gaslighting him and abusing him. Okay. Okay. One picture. (laughs) Wasn't crazy. I mean, she's kind of much like Tammy, like her sense of entitlement to Michael and any sort of autonomy that he has. Like she's clearly very, like, obviously she must've been cheated on in the past because the fact that like Michael can't even breathe the same air as another woman that is not Angela is like, this is unsustainable. And if this is what's going to set you off, then you're always going to be set off. And at that point, that, that is abuse. It's like, he can't win for losing with her. 
she's trying to cut him off like from all of his, his entire support system one by one. He can't have female friends. If he has male friends, they can't go to places with women. I mean, it's it's textbook. <laughs> it's a control yeah. thing. I, I don't even think it has anything to do with her being cheated on. She's trying to control him in it, everything about him. Yeah. And it's not a good look. No. Holding, holding like America over somebody's head and holding like a better opportunity over somebody's head is like, textbook abuse like do what I say or you don't get the treat at the end and I just want to like just say in Nigeria it's not worth it like I would rather live in Nigeria at this point (laughs) (laughs) I was like they're in Lagos you know some of Lagos is really nice by the water he seems to have a lovely family they're very open-minded my god I'm yeah. shocked at how open-minded his family is. Um, it's like, ugh, if they only knew what he was dealing with. It's just, oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. And I didn't like that her friend Jojo came in and was gaslighting Michael about like, you need to treat her right and you need to do this. And you haven't, it's like, it makes him think he's done something wrong. Yeah. That and he's done my... anything wrong. This poor guy. Oh my God. I... Yeah, I really hated that conversation. Um, Was there anything really to talk about the wedding? I like that the officiant started the ceremony by warning them about bigamy and just like letting them know, like, (laughs) if you're married, there are going to be consequences to that. (laughs) Because it's so funny because they have like three different types of marriage licenses in Nigeria. Right. And so they chose the one that you can't have any sort of outside involvement um yeah so that that was pretty interesting yeah i i liked the like nigerian ministry of marriage sign that they had to stand in front of um <laughs> that was that was like great product placement by the nigerian government like incredible <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very impressed and I also wasn't sure if that was like a federal ministry or if that was one of the provincial or province, you know, because yeah. um, like in Nigeria, I think there's like 36 independent states. Um, and so e- each state government like has its own power and everything. And like, I, I yeah, anyways, I'm just I'm fascinated by Nigeria in general. So, yeah, that's, that's like, a great question. I wonder. You know, um, like who controls like marriage licenses and when they went to go to see a like counselor, because like some of Nigeria is like the northern part is primarily Muslim. And so my guess is maybe they would have a different sort of wanting to have marriage counseling like through, I don't know, within a mom or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this was clearly a very Christian part of Nigeria. So I was just like interested and. In, all of that. It was fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Um, Angela's bra. Oh my God. <laughs> what color was it? Was it like a dark green? It, I think it was like a bluish, like a, like an egg, like not an eggshell, but like, like a light blue. I, why did it not occur to her that like she should accommodate for the white? That was. Green. It was also odd. Why did the hairdresser straighten her hair before putting it up? 
Right. I, ooh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. they're like, this is what you do with white people's hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, your hair is like fried to hell. So right. maybe I like, gotta just do put it up. Like you can just comb through it and put it up. You don't need to like straighten it for any reason. You're not trying to curl it. You're not trying to style it in any way. <laughs> it was like, I thought he was going to put like a hair piece on her. Mm-hmm. He looked like extensions or some kind of wig or something. Um, and then when it was just the crown, I was like, oh, okay. That's a choice. It was a choice. There were a lot of choices <laughs> being made at that wedding, fashion wise. Um, <laughs> I love the cake though, with like the half Nigerian flag, half American flag. Yeah, that was was pretty clutch. Cake is very integral to my Angela and Michael's wedding. So or not wedding their relationship as a whole. So, you know, she went all out for the cake. And I appreciate that. It was very chic, all things considered. It was and his family was so gracious. They were so, so gracious. Incredibly all over the place. She's demanding things. She's saying she doesn't care about their culture. Like, I mean, Mm. (laughs) oh my gosh um so yeah the next day angela her friend jojo who they call sissy which is like i think you guys have aged out of calling each other sis like you're not sisters and i feel like they only met like three years ago right i just they didn't (laughs) seem as close like when she like landed in the airport they just they just nothing about them seemed as close as what mm-hmm. I would expect someone flying to Lagos for a wedding to witness the wedding would be. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Angela decides to haunt my future nightmares to come by telling Jojo that she had her first, first orgasm that she had had since being in Nigeria, which was another question to me of like, you're not Why even were you having orgasms every night? Right. <laughs> Like How your boyfriend lives in Nigeria and you don't get to see him very often. So yeah. make it count. Plus she brought a vibrator with her. Right. She talks about sex a lot for you to only be having like one orgasm every three weeks or so. That's harsh. Is like, it what harder are you when you get for? older? I don't know. I hope not. Okay. <laughs> like I know women like peak in their thirties and forties. And I don't know if it know changes that. when you start to go through menopause. I never even considered that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I, Just, I don't know <laughs> why I started thinking about that. But I was like, oh, is that why, like, old women don't want to have sex that much? <laughs> I mean, I know their sex drive goes down. But I feel like once you put the car in the garage, like, let's go, you know? Yeah. It also is like less wet. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you can, you can use lubricant. You can adjust for that. Yeah. That's easily, easily. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just, it was also funny that Michael was kind of embarrassed by them talking about orgasms because being with someone like Angela, who seems so interested in talking about sex and joking about it, Mm -hmm. like after three years, don't you think he would kind of like, get over her jokes or her commenting like this is what it's going to be if you're going to marry someone like this yeah you would think you would think because even (laughs) he talks about like wearing that like lacy number up top which I was confused about what it was but 
she was talking about like how you know Michael only has to see her boobs and he's like ready to go. The flag is at full salute. And I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh my god, help us all! <laughs> help us all. Oh my gosh. Um, <sighs> things keep getting horny because they go out for a drink later, and she's like, oh, I gotta get 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 another one in before I go home, and oh, like Angela, please. Get it all in, girl. (laughs) You don't know when he's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea when she's like, uh, like six to eight months. Like I was like six to eight months with this administration. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Wishful thinking, girl. Yeah, it's at this point. Just rack them up. Rack them up. (laughs) (laughs) You might as well move to Nigeria, like (laughs) right? Really? Oh my gosh. Um, so then unfortunately a few hours later we get like selfie footage of Angela saying that her daughter Skyla called and her mom was unresponsive. They took her to the ICU and they don't really know what's happening. I don't really keep up. I try not to keep up with like updates and like spoilers, but I feel like if Angela's mother passed, I probably would have heard about it. Oh, so I think I'm, she did. Oh, did she? Am I crazy? I, I feel know. like I feel like she did. Oh, maybe she did then. I don't know. Should we Google it? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to look it up right now. <laughs> I mean, that's so sad to leave when someone is sick, and you know, you don't want to miss out on living your life, and they don't want you to miss out on living your life, but you want to be there for the end. It's there's no good way to say bye to a parent. No, there's never... There's never never a good way. And, you know, it seemed like her mom was, like, very sick. And I I didn't see earlier seasons, so I don't know if her mom used to be more mobile and, you know... see her mom more so much in the first season? I don't think we saw her at all, like, the couple seasons. Oh, yeah, okay, she did die. You're right. I don't hear much. I only hear, like, the really big headlines when it comes to 90 Day. Wow, how did I? So, like, I heard that. I heard the Paul and Karini um, abuse stuff. Yeah. And not much else. Okay, yeah, yeah. She passed. So, their wedding was January 27th, and then she passed February 8th. Oh. But you know what? Her mom was very supportive of her going over there to get married. So, I think she, you know, don't don't keep her life on hold for me. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Thing for her to do. Yeah. Um, let's end the episode with Andre and Livy. Yes, I'm so into this. What we, we didn't talk about Tanya and um, Sinjin either. Well, did we have? I don't think they were on this episode. Well, they. I think they got together with her friend, uh, his friends, that right? Last, that was last week. Yeah. Oh shit! Never mind. Okay. Yeah, and the friends were like, <laughs> in a bad relationship, yeah. <laughs> I have a bone to pick, though, with the producers. Okay. Town is by far the most beautiful city in the entire, like, world. World, mm-hmm. okay? I lived there when I was 20 and 21, 
and it is just absolutely gorgeous. The fact that they didn't do more than a couple shots of like Table Mountain and Lion's Head and when they went out to the wineries, like they didn't show the wine country. I'm actually wondering if they actually went to the wine area or if they just went to a winery just on the very outskirts of Cape Town, which is not the same as the Winelands. I was livid. I was like, show how beautiful it is. And if this was taking place in the winter, that's the summer in South Africa. It is sunny every day. It is beautiful. There are mountains. There's ocean. There's winelands. There are penguins. I mean, it is fantastic. Like, why do they not show any of that shit? I I agree. I've, I think, like, I've never been there, but I've seen, you know, a lot of YouTube vlogs about it. I know about Table Mountain. It's gorgeous. The area is gorgeous. And yeah, they really didn't show any of that. It's like, okay, we're at the pub and we're on a picnic. That was really it. It was was so bizarre. It was, it was also interesting. Like the bry, like bry culture is such a big thing. And they were trying to explain it, but like, it didn't seem to come across like through the television. And usually a bry is much more of like a social gathering and you can do it with just a family, but usually Mm -hmm. it's, more than that and you spend hours grilling the meat I was a vegetarian when I lived in South Africa so (laughs) I don't really remember what I ate at Bry's I remember just drinking a lot not eating much but um it is the most wonderful country ever and St. John should uh stay there agreed agreed I, I mean there's a lot of back and forth between like are people being unfair to Tanya because we just don't like Tanya because we were introduced to her then it was she was like kind of a nightmare and so like are people being fair to her now and I feel like yeah in my opinion is that like okay yes is Sinjin like a real non-starter and is he kind of a flop and he is he somebody that I won't want to be married to like no but I also feel like Sinjin has always been himself and Yes, he decided to marry her, but she decided to marry him, too. And this is a person who has always been unabashedly himself and has always been honest with who he is and the fact that he is kind of a flop and that he is kind of lazy and that he is just sort of like living life, you know, taking life wherever the wind takes him. And you can't force him to be this accomplished person if he A, doesn't want to be, and B, never told you that that's what he wanted from himself. Totally. I actually don't hate Tanya. I just think both of them deserve to be happy. There are no children involved. They, Mm -hmm. as hard as it is, like, they should separate. I can't see either of them being happy in this situation at all. And especially because there's no children, like, he should be in Cape Town He'll recover from the heartbreak. He can keep going where the wind takes him. I'm sure eventually he'll have some sort of standing. It just won't be exactly what she wants. And she's starting to, like, she has contempt for him. And I remember my mom telling me that is, like, one, that's, like, the only thing that can truly break a marriage. You can get over jealousy. You can get over anger. You can get over dishonesty. But if you start to like, like have contempt for your spouse and really resent them, um, that's something you can't get past on, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Totally with you. I, I, um, 
yeah it, it's hard to be on her side but like I understand why she would be annoyed but it's also like okay well you weren't listening you know and I thought his family or his um Sinha's friends were completely on point about everything that they said last week totally they were very frustrated with her I can't believe they had to live with her for two months Who moves in with a group of guys and expects them to change their behavior and their environment? You moved into their environment. You don't get to call the shots. Yeah. There's like, she like wanted to change how like the apartment was and the the decor. And it's like, you don't even go here, girl. What do you mean? (laughs) Like you're in Cape Town. Go enjoy it. Don't complain so much. Yeah. And I said this before, like, you take a, an Australian man and sometimes a, a South African guy and like you have your fun and you let them go yes. from back from whence they came. And, you know, just let that be a fun moment in your time. Like I've had fun with many an Australian guy, but you know what? You whip them back to Australia and you just let it be a fun memory. You know, those mm-hmm. are good times. Those are not it- those guys. I was also kind of offended by what she was saying about like not wanting to raise a kid in South Africa because of racism and poverty. It just bothered me a lot in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a long way to go. We all do. You could say like the, the like stark differences and um, separation of, of groups, but I don't know. I don't know. It just bothered me a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, yeah, she's. I think she's trying to chuck anything at the wall as an yeah. excuse. Like, I, I think it really has more to do with like she just wants everything on her accord, on her terms, and her control, and she can't do that, and it's driving her crazy. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, anyway, um, so it's wedding day for Andre and Libby. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> second wedding <laughs> hey they're acting like anything was on the line for them at all like Libby and Andre were like oh even up to yesterday we weren't sure if we were gonna get married and like it really doesn't matter because you're already married right this that was a- what I, I wrote this down I was like oh I'm not gonna marry you again is like not quite right. a, the threat that you think it is <laughs> right like if you guys have to break up you're going to have to get a divorce so this isn't like nothing is on the line here. Nothing is on the line. This family, like, more than any family, seems to be playing into the cameras. For to, sure. For me, like, I'm like, I can't tell how much they're pissed at him and how much they're trying to create a story. Yeah. I mean, he came on the scene and they weren't really into him. And he is also like, he his this like juxtaposition of like I'm strong like ox and I a man I'm the leader of the household but also like he doesn't have a job he has no aspirations he's like Sinjin but like Sinjin is just cool and like just hanging out whereas like Andre is just like I want to tell Libby what to do but also I'm not providing at all which is like if you guys have the dynamic in which he wants to stay home, that's fine. But like, you can't be an asshole and a loser at yeah. the same time, you know? Um, so yeah, they're, you know, Libby goes to get her makeup done by her sister and 
they're talking about like his whole situation of like why he had to leave Moldova for Ireland and his job and uh what did you think about that story I'm conflicted I think there's aspects of truth to it I don't feel like we heard the whole thing on camera but I do think she heard the whole thing I agree. I think this is not, I think that seems to be like the most fake part of it is like them, her family trying to force this admission out of him. And again, it's like, there's nothing on the line. Like if, even if he still, even if there was a lie and they don't like what they hear when they hear the truth, he's still in your family. You guys have, they have a child. You're still legally married. So Again, you guys can hold this Moldovan wedding over their heads all you want, but it's not going to matter when you guys go back to Florida and he's still living with Libby because they're still married. <laughs> like, yeah. none of this. Um, so what really happens? Like, she's putting on, they have to wear their, like, traditional Moldovan wedding attire, which I thought was really cool. Her sister keeps referring it as, like, peasant clothing. Like Which it's is, not peasant clothing. You're so ridiculous. This is like they're what they traditionally wear. A lot of people wear traditional things, and and the disrespect they were giving outside the church was what I thought yeah. was really shocking. Because I assumed that they're a religious family. Because I don't know, or like think they're a religious family. That's a better interpretation. Um, right. So when they're like, "Why do we have to be serious?" and he's like, "Because it's a church." Like, it's the Russian Orthodox Church, for fuck's sake. Like, shut your mouth and respect it and, you know, walk in and enjoy the beauty of that, like, physical space. And it was a gorgeous church. Oh, my God. Stunning. Stunning. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Beautiful. Anytime I'm in a church, I think it's beautiful. I'm Jewish. I never go to churches. So, like, whenever I'm like, wow, you guys paint on the ceilings and shit? Like, this is gorgeous you know even born as a christian i'm like wow this is a real stunning thing i yeah i thought the ceremony seemed very like it was like dramatic and romantic and like just like a whole the whole situation was just gorgeous gorgeous it was beautiful i I think i think they enjoyed it i do think the family really appreciated it I think they like have to kind of concede at times. Like even Libby's mom says something horrible and we'll get into that. Yes. (laughs) When they're, they like expect it to be like, I don't know, like living in the streets or somebody, something. And it's just like, every time they see something nice, they're like, Oh wow. It's like, yeah. Okay. People, 
you know, not everybody's blessed to be living in South Florida like you guys. Like, so sorry. But it's it's nice outside of America. Certainly nice outside of Fort Lauderdale or wherever they live. Tampa. <laughs> they're very Tampa-like. They are um, very Tampa. <laughs> they're very Tampa. It's funny. Um, poverty looks different in different places. And a lot of people don't seem to realize that. And mm-hmm. so there is poverty in the former Soviet Union countries, sure. you know, a lot of it. It just looks a little bit different. And yeah, a lot of their architecture isn't updated. It's got those cold buildings. My yeah. dad is from is from Moscow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's there's a certain coldness to it and the po- but it, poverty doesn't look the same as it does in sub-saharan africa or asia or anything like that but there's like a lot of poverty in the united states and it also yeah. looks different and you probably don't see it where you live in tampa but you drive a little bit inland you know and where people are migrant workers and picking fruits and vegetables and look at the surroundings that they live in and right. that it, that's what America is to some people. So, yeah. you know, when they talk about America as if it's like only this abundance that they have in their like small sectioned off area of Tampa, like the fact that yeah. they act like there's no poverty in the U.S. just because it doesn't look as abjectly poor, you know, comparatively yeah. in their mind. It's just, um, you know, it's just what most Americans think. They just... It's sad. A lot of yeah. Americans, you know, I think only 9% of Americans even have a passport. It is quite expensive to travel abroad. So a lot of people don't get to do it, unfortunately. And yeah. um, then they have these preconceived notions of what other countries are like. But I wish, I wish they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like you guys have a lot of nerve to like have all the money and access to be traveling and just choosing not and to. Choose and like not to. let's have that conversation it's so funny though my dad um you know does have the money and access to travel but he grew up in russia and was kind of like i made it to the u.s like i don't want to go anywhere else like please don't make me (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's traveled a little bit since but he's always like mandy don't make me do it you know I like being able to eat the food that I eat and I you know it's it's pretty funny when he goes abroad um That's but funny. in general uh, yeah. yeah so should we get into what her mom said yeah the reception they go to the reception it's really nice I loved it it's like the dancers and the whole thing is like and Chuck is like this is like a like a show and not really like a wedding and Libby's sister is annoyed and how fancy it is. And she says, she thinks that Andre is trying to show off, which I think she might be right about that. He is. Andre, Andre is a dick. Let's, let's yeah, do that. And he's I, a dick. he's totally trying to show off, but also weddings in a lot of cultures are about um, dancing and performing for the bride and the groom. That's definitely mm-hmm. not an uncommon thing. It's not only Moldovan. Like, if you look at right. Jewish weddings, like traditional Jewish weddings, you're supposed mm-hmm. to make the bride and the groom laugh. And you do, yeah. like, skits and dances to make them laugh and as mm-hmm. to bring them joy. Like, that's not unusual. So. Right. You know. And I think they're, again, thinking, looking through the lens of, like, American culture and what American weddings look like. And, yeah, I mean, if you guys had a bunch of dancers and you're doing as much in this wedding as you were doing an American wedding, this would be like a easily six figure wedding. But oh, I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
a lot more affordable and it's yeah again their tradition and just because it looks above and beyond what we are doing over here in America doesn't I mean, it doesn't mean like he's trying to show off, even though in a way he is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, or rather Libby's mom said, um, I was expecting a lot of poverty and sad people, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of loved this moment because it was so honest. Yeah. And it really is how so many people think of any country outside the U.S. Right. And one, like, just to go off on a tangent, if there is like a happiness index, like a global happiness index, and mm-hmm. how happy people are is not necessarily a, like in accordance with gross domestic product, product or like GNI. Like, I think right. the happiest countries like Bhutan or something like that. You know, (laughs) so it's just interesting that people have this idea that you must be poor and sad, which I don't think is how everything is, you know. Right. Like, like, what did I just, I wish production asked them what she expected. Like, what did she expect out of the reception? Yeah, I don't, you know, I just, in general, that's just such like a thing for like a middle-aged white woman to say. Like it just is like, I, I don't know how else to like, I feel like I know plenty of people that would say something like that, you know, <laughs> You're right. she was so earnest, like, like she had no idea how bad that sounded. Like, yeah, no, clue. no I know <laughs> white people usually don't know how bad everything they say sounds saying this as a white person. Um, it was, it was pretty rough. And like, Libby is just like, like, yeah, no, it's like, the whole country with people who also have weddings and have their own culture and their own food and are happy and drink and celebrate. (laughs) Crazy how much we have in common. I hated how much they were shitting on the food. Like they've been doing it since the beginning. It's so disgusting. Like just because you guys can't recognize what it is, doesn't mean that it's not worth eating. And even if you don't want to eat it, like there's plenty of things I don't eat. You still like you don't make a big deal out of it, you know, and act like it's bad because it's raw. Like smoked salmon is very common in the United States, including in South Florida, might I add, where many of my people live. And it's delicious. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's so good. (laughs) Where did you think bagels and schmear and lox came from? Like, come on, you know, smoked salmon is no different. So... Yeah, eating pig fat is a little bit weird, maybe, if you're not used to it. But if you eat pig, you should try it. Yeah. You know? And, like, um, I don't think you guys are, like, eating that well in Tampa. Like, it's not like you guys are eating – you're not on, like, a macrobiotic diet. It's not like – I mean, the underlying thing is that they think that, like – they think people are dirty. And they think that people aren't, like, handling the food to their standards. But it's like, Charlie, how many times a week are you going through the McDonald's drive-thru and just, like, eating shit, you know? <laughs> like, let's it's be real. Also, like, Moldova, it's not a country that has, like, the highest rates of food poisoning. Right. You know? I mean, come on now. It, it's just so interesting, like, how they reacted to everything. Also, another point on the how expensive the wedding may or may not have been, they definitely did not get married during wedding season. 
most people who live in like the former Soviet Union countries, like those block of countries don't get married in the winter because of how bad the weather is. There's like wedding season, mm-hmm. just like there is in the northern U.S. So right. it's definitely less expensive to get space to have like to pay for the venue when it's November, <laughs> December, January. Right, exactly. It, you know. Oh my God! Things uh, keep getting worse. His family. Her brother Charlie is not eating, and because he's not eating, he keeps um, supplementing that with alcohol. Seems to have no issue with the alcohol in Moldova. To- totally yeah. fine with that. Huh? They all love that wine. <laughs> How that happened? Um, <laughs> and he is getting more and more wasted, and he's like talking shit about Andres, like. Well, you might be the king of Moldova, but you're a bitch ass in America. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, just like, stop it. And even like the dad, even Chuck is trying to get him to stop. Right. Libby's like, can you chill out on the drinking? Chuck's trying to get him to stop. Oh, uh, my gosh. And Charlie, again, is like Libby's sister is like just mad. He's like, well, my dad has seven other uh daughters and sons and like we didn't get any kind of wedding like this and it's like okay well maybe you should have asked for one you know ask believe receive charlie well that's where it all comes out where he's not just trying to defend his dad he's actually upset that he didn't get something he's jealous of libby which really speaks to their relationship not being that strong because Mm -hmm. if you have a sibling and they're happy you are happy for them you know you just in that moment you find joy but in that moment yeah. of drinking, he found bitterness. And that was awful. Yeah, I would be surprised if they really had any sort of relationship. Like, they t- spoke regularly at all. Like, something something weird is going on there. And he's taking it on, on Andre. Yes, definitely. And is Andre w- a total piece of shit sometimes? Yes, but, like, let let Chuck handle him. Yeah. Something tells me that he Chuck probably like Libby probably reaped the benefits of Chuck's like I I imagine the finances were not consistent and so Libby was probably because she's a little bit younger than Charlie like probably reaped a lot more benefits than Charlie would have ever known and he's resentful but like I don't know it's just so weird huh. to think that you're owed certain things by your parents. Yeah. It's like, you're, you have children. You're an adult. Like, grow I up. I know. I know. Grow it's up. so, I wish, I wonder if his wife was there, if she would have gotten him to calm down. Probably or not. not. He's just that face where it's like, he probably gets into a lot of bar fights with people. He's probably on the lake a lot. I'm like (laughs) drowning in a Trump boat rally. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He's just, and then he's like, what, what? I didn't do anything. It's like, you know exactly what you're doing. You like to provoke people. And Andre is someone who does not do well being provoked. And that is Andre's fault. And that is also Charlie's fault for provoking. Just stop. Exactly. Exactly. Charlie will definitely like talk shit, but like, he's probably never thrown a good punch in his life. Right. Like he's always hoping that somebody's going to like break up the fight, even though he started it. <laughs> he's just such a piece of shit. Like to have really Chuck sucks. like give that nice toast and then they skipped the mom's toast. She gave a toast too, but they cut the cameras. 
um, or they cut the footage just for this episode. It's like just to show Charlie. It's like, come on. Also, like, why didn't someone just take the the right. mic from him? I wasn't sure if like they know that he would get even worse, and also nobody understands what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, I think they were banging like, no on one like, it. yeah, nobody getting it. But oh my god, I would be livid. He said, "We need to stop paying for your bullshit." Get your shit together. Don't come to America and try to live on my dad. Don't ask my dad for shit. Ugh. It's like your dad didn't, if he feels that way, he can share that with them. You don't need to speak on behalf of your father. You don't. Oh my God. I would like, in the fact, like we see in the preview that where Libby's like, calm down, Charlie. Like I would be fucking livid if somebody got on yeah. a microphone and like that like even if it's true shut up not not shut there's up. there's a time and a place for everything right yeah you don't and have that conversation not drunk are, not in front of others no. Ugh, the gall the utter gall of that man I think that's the end. I mean, Andre gets, you know, they start dancing and Andre escorts Charlie outside. And yeah, that was the end of the episode. It just, another thing that was really interesting to me, though, was the dynamic between Libby's parents because they've been divorced since she was like in grade school and her mom remarried. And I don't know if her dad did or not. He wasn't there with a wife, but they seem to get along pretty great and show a lot of not just civility, but love. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, that's such a good dynamic to have with parents, you know, that are separated. And so I feel like that's a really good, I don't, they set a really good example for Mm -hmm. their children. And so I'm also wondering where, like if any of Charlie's anger, like if he has also anger to, I couldn't figure out who the seven siblings were. Cause there are they from the first marriage? Does he have more children from another marriage that are younger yeah. that are also getting more money? Like, is that a, I'm not sure like which one are from the result of like the parents that we saw, but he's Chuck has definitely been married a couple times and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they're younger, but I think it leaves like, I don't know if Charlie and Libby are full Oh, like they could be half siblings, which can also, okay, so that makes a little bit more sense to me because I think he could be more jealous of like things that she got financially if his dad started to do better financially, like as they Mm -hmm. got older, the younger children Mm -hmm. always benefit more than the older children who were around before their parents made it big. Yeah, So that's probably where it's coming from, but my God. <laughs> like it makes me embarrassed to be an American, like watching them in Moldova with Andre's family. Like, say what you want about Andre. His family is so gracious. Like they are Lo- grace personified. Oh my God. Lovely, lovely people. Oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. I've never had a chance to really gossip about 90 Day before because I'm so new into it. So it is incredible. I can't wait to see what happens next week with Charlie and Andre. And I want to see uh, the what Larissa looks like now and oh, yeah. whether or not Eric Yu is good at taking care of her. <laughs> oh, my God. I can, I can only imagine the answer to that is no. But 
but if they got through it, like, man, that's that's a good, that's a hard thing for a couple to go through where one is completely incapacitated and 100% reliant on the other. So. Well, listen, Eric, he has to protect his investment since he's the one who bankrolled this and is expecting <laughs> that and interest back, you know? <laughs> where does he get this money? That's what I want to know. Is he That's just really I'm... cheap and saves? Like, he seems like someone who saves everything. It, it, and, that must be the case. Like, how he doesn't want to spend money on furniture, doesn't want to spend. Like, some people are like that and, you know, more power to him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So, you can find my podcast, Is This Real Life, on any place you listen to podcasts. And you can find me on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast stands for is this real life. I talk about pretty much mainly housewives, sometimes some of the housewives adjacent shows, but it's a primarily a real housewives podcast. And you can find me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Mandy Slutsker, and that is spelled Mandy and then slut S K E R. So pretty easy to remember. <laughs> Well, thank you again, and you have a great day. You too. Thank you so much, Kara. Bye.